Ladies and gentlemen, this is a Saw Good Man, the better. Pause. Better Call Saw Podcast. My <laughs> name is Brian, and with me, as always, is Ellen Musk's new acquisition, Dave. Dave, how's it going? Freedom. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's pretty sweet. You know, maybe a whole bunch of people can be pretend to be upset that oh, they Ellen already Musk are. bought you. They, they already are. Yeah. All right, so before we get going, uh, we have a lot of listener correspondence. Man, a lot of people were happy to hear us again, excited to hear the theme Yeah, which is weird, right? Like, yeah. I mean, it's awesome, but like, uh, it, it's... It's still weird to us, because, you know... Yeah, it's it's really weird. Like, yeah. I still have a hard time, like... We have a big ego about how small of an ego we have sometimes. Yeah, <laughs> it's just... Uh, <laughs> but, I mean, it's cool. It's cool that people... It's so cool. People missed us and such, and we've, we've gotten a lot of good comments over... Uh, the first two episodes. Hopefully, that'll continue after this uh, episode of "It's All Good, Man." I uh, actually cut out uh, a reference to one of our listeners. I called somebody by name, and then I was like, "I don't want to play favorites," so I kind of cut oh, it out. And then very... that person was one of the first people to message yeah, us. So magnanimous so, of you. Should have. But uh, we'll we'll do like a special like uh, we'll we'll try to record or at least next week on the. Uh, Listener correspondence. Yeah, we'll we'll try to get to that. Uh, this week we're kind of pressed for time, right? Like things kind of yeah. got weird. Um, Big, usually, I think it's like Thursday or Wednesday night that we usually get the screeners. I thought it was always on a Wednesday night. Yeah, we didn't get we didn't get screeners for six oh three, and uh, and then that led me thinking like either we're in trouble, which is possible, always. or or something big is going to happen. And uh, sure enough, it did. So <laughs> so yeah. We'll, We'll get to that uh, later on the show, but all you folks that I've gone back and forth with over the past week, uh, we're gonna we're gonna get your listener correspondence in. Just tonight, it's uh, like eleven thirty as we're recording yeah. this on Wednesday evening, but we wanted to get it out for you guys. Uh, we're just kind of pressed for time, so we appreciate you all. Uh, everybody that's like, "Where's your episode?" Like, here it is. Yeah. <laughs> so also, uh, I was. Going through uh, old reviews and stuff, and mm-hmm. I somebody was like, hey, saying, like, I'll never listen to that guy's band. Um, part of the reason we're doing this late is I had a band rehearsal, and I'm in a new band. Yeah, that, well, I, I don't was... blame you. We suck. <laughs> <laughs> well, our band, we, we do our stuff, but then I would always talk about my other band. I got kicked mm. out of. I'm no longer a trumpet player. Yeah. Uh, I got kicked out for not being good enough. Yeah. So well. it's a, that's a good time. So now I play guitar with the Colleen Wild Band. Check it out. <laughs> <laughs> Awesome. Well, today we are going to discuss episode 603, which is called what, Dave? My favorite superhero tag team, Rock and Hard Place. Nice. <laughs> <laughs> nice. So that would be uh, Dwayne the Rock Johnson and the Thing from Fantastic Four. Wait, why don't they? Because I saw, I went and saw uh, everything, everywhere, all the time mm-hmm. uh, the other day, and I saw an ad for the new Dwayne Johnson, Kevin Hart movie. Mm-hmm. So they would be Rock and Hart Place. Oh. See what I did there? I did. Yeah. Or Rock at Hart's Place, which would be just Dwayne Johnson leaning over trying to fit in Kevin Hart's. It'd be awesome if they came out with like a a sequel to Twins with The Rock and Kevin Hart. Oh, dude. Actually. Wouldn't that be awesome? Yeah. Look at that. Well, I got excited about a reboot. Mm -hmm. Because usually I'm against like, you know, gender swaps or race swaps with reboots are to me just like, just make something new. Like, I'm not against doing anything. Just. Right. You're just globbing on to an intellectual property, mm-hmm. but I think with the right writers, mm-hmm. it kind of be pretty funny. There's potential there, and they have chemistry. They do. Plus, I think they're buddies in real life, which is probably which is why they probably have chemistry. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. All right. So the episode opens in the desert. We see a nice little pan shot establishing that the desert is in fact a desert. 
not even a pan shot. It's like up and down and moving around. Yeah. And I'm uh, the whole time I'm waiting for a hand to pop out, like the end of Carrie. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> but no, we just got a bottle and a no, rare a, blue flower. A blue flower. Yeah, like Batman Begins. Right. Exactly. Like that. <laughs> yeah. You, you pointed that out to me because the whole time I saw the blue flower, and I'm like, God damn, was there something about the blue flower in breaking? There, there might have been. Well, but... remember it's it's the blue meth. Yeah. Blue. Right. Um, I don't know. Maybe that's like a. But I, I kept thinking, like, man, I remember a blue flower was so important to something. And then tonight you pointed out to me that it was very important in Batman Begins. That's right. Which just keeps with the Batman theme going that we have because remember, Mike, uh, Mike is Batman. Mike is Batman. Right. I mean, actually, Elon Musk is Batman, but Mike is Batman. Right, right. <laughs> and then, uh, and then uh, in the last two episodes, remember we kept making uh, <laughs> dark the Dark Knight. Right. Correlations. Uh, Lalo's the Joker. Yeah, I'm on, like, I'm on. He'd that make now. a really good Joker. I he think. would. That's that's it's it, his character is kind of Joker esque. Mm-hmm. He's a he's an agent of chaos. Mm-hmm. Um, he has no morals mm-hmm. or his own moral code or whatever, mm-hmm. and uh, he's just you know murders people for fun. Yeah, yeah. And there's a you know little piece of glass with uh sand on it, and then mm-hmm. it rains. Then it rains, and everybody was. Uh, I actually watched it live on TV because we didn't get the the um the screener. The screener, and I was watching various uh, forums, and people talk about it live as it aired. Oh, and people kept you. thinking that that was like a Breaking Bad tease because you know they announced that like Walter White and Jesse Pinkman were going to be in in an episode. I, a lot of people thought that like, oh man, it's just a matter of time before you see the fucking RV drive across the horizon. Oh well, or, I was racking my brain because I wrote down you know raining, and I put you know I put stars for my big notes, and I said bottle. I mm-hmm. like, okay, this obviously this means something. This is important, right? Yeah, UHF um, for sure. Well, Close Encounters of the Third Time for the Third Kind first. No, it's from UHF and The Simpsons. Yes, and but UHF makes the, the the clown tent out of mashed potatoes. Right. Yeah. Uh, doo, 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 doo. So, yeah, I knew it was obviously they they showed it to be important, but I'm racking my brain I'm like, what is the Breaking Bad bottle? However, mm-hmm. we now know what it is, and it's in Breaking Bad time. Mm-hmm. I don't know what that means. <laughs> They're like, here's the desert now. The whole thing just fell. Let's off show the how we got there. <laughs> yeah, right, right. <laughs> One of those. So, but yeah, it's pretty cool. But in, in classic fashion, it, it like uh, it's very minimalistic, but it draws you in. Yeah, and I wonder if that's supposed to be some sort of like the flower growing out of the spot where blood was spilled. Yeah, that's kind of, kind of what I got out of it. Yeah. It, was, it was kind of like a nod to, uh, you know, where our boy man, where Nacho is going to die and all that stuff. I'm so. We'll get to that. Mm-hmm. But we had the opening, which was what, Dave? Ashtray of Justice. And what did you find out last week, Dave? Okay, so somebody took the time. I don't know if it was one of our fans, how you came across it. You sent me the link to it. Somebody, somebody sent it to me. Somebody lined up all of the opening scenes from the first episode. Mm-hmm. From the past seasons. From plus all the, yeah, of the first episode of every season. Mm-hmm. It's always a Liberty, Lady Liberty. Mm-hmm. So all this time we've been joking about how we think we're joking that the tape doesn't change. Mm-hmm. It actually is, and is mm-hmm. degrading over time. Right. And this one even looked worse than last week. Yeah. So it's like spiraling out of control. Yeah. And I was thinking about how it leads back to like the opening scene of the series was Saul watching tapes of himself. Mm-hmm. So it's like, yeah, whatever. It's parallel. like a copy of a copy of a copy of a copy. Like right. Back it's in the like day when Steve from Multiplicity, you know, or, you know, the, the clone of a clone from Multiplicity. Mm-hmm. Calls yeah. him Steve. 
Michael Keaton, who yeah. was also in Batman. Who's also in Batman. <laughs> See, it all comes together. It all comes back to Batman. He wasn't in Batman. He was. He was Batman. Batman. He was Batman. That's right. So was Val Kilmer. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe by the end That's of the series, of we'll, we'll get to <laughs> There's multiple Batmans. <laughs> and then also, Patrick Fabian voiced Superman in a Justice League movie, also featuring Batman. So, mm-hmm. bam. Yeah. Circular. That's a Venn diagram right there. Right. Batman's like the Kevin Bacon of fictional characters. Six degrees of Batman. Six degrees of Batman. Everything comes back to Batman. Has Kevin Bacon played Batman yet? Mm. I would I would probably bet he's done something Batman related. Uh, because, I mean, there's so many cartoons out there. There are. You know what I mean? There's the cartoon movies. There's right. the animated series. Mm-hmm. Kevin Bacon at some point has had to have something to do with Batman. Something. Something, something. Let us know in the comments below. Yeah, smash that like button. <laughs> do, do, do. Smash the like button. Smash that button. I just like to be the company that makes like those generic like smash the life. <laughs> oh god! That, you know those assets that you can buy off of people yeah, to well, put in your YouTube video, which sure we see, don't have. Make sure you re- click that subscribe button. Helps the algorithm. Oh no! Yeah. Commenting helps the algorithm. I think we've been over this. Well treaded. <laughs> it's well treaded. Oh, we're gonna run so many jokes into the ground this season. Yep, that's the dichotomy of the human condition, man. <laughs> exactly. Duality. That's right. It's the duality of the human yes, condition. Yeah, right, dual- yeah. Oh, dichotomy, duality, those are the same thing. Mm-hmm. All right. If I'm wrong, leave an answer in the comments. <laughs> so the episode opens uh, with Nacho. He's all ready to cap a fool. Lamb nachos? I don't get it. He's on the lamb? Nacho's on the lamb? Do they have lamb nachos? Though? I don't know, but it's funny because nachos <laughs> on the lamb. So lamb nachos. I would, uh, I would, I would eat the hell out of those that though lamb chops are good as fuck i would eat the hell out of lamb only if it's braised see but that's that's how you do it right like so if you ever open a bar all you do is take food like like artisan restaurant right Uh uh-huh all you do is take food that's universally accepted as delicious Uh uh-huh and then you just add nachos one asinine (laughs) nachos or you just add one asinine ingredient avocado toast Right. Everybody eats avocados. Everybody likes toast. And somebody's like, oh, I'll put avocado on a toast instead of jelly. And then, like, bam, yeah. now it's this big, trendy thing. And then also. So maybe lamb nachos is, like, a, the next big, trendy thing. Because everybody puts, like, chicken right. or pork or beef. Bam, put lamb on it. And then you can be like, oh, look how hoity-toity we are in our artisan bar. We're so, our craft beers from and Indiana. And then you charge 20 bucks for it. And people are like, oh, it's expensive. It must be good. Here, yeah. let me open my wallet for you. Exactly. Fucking people. Artisan. Hipsters. It's artisan. So Nacho's ready to cap a fool. Then uh, he realizes that might not be the best course of action. And then he runs really far through a field into an oil tanker. And it takes forever for the murder twins to show up. And really, I think he could have just kept running. Probably. <laughs> like, he didn't have to go through the whole submerge himself in the oil thing. Right. He had more than enough time just to keep running. Yeah. Because... Right? Because, like, as you see, uh, you know, the murder twins. It wasn't that. Like, they were rounding the corner as he was breaking away from the truck. That's what I saw. That might be right. I just remember watching him be like, God damn, okay, so he decides to run. If he hadn't stopped, if he hadn't stopped and turned around waiting for them to round the corner, Mm -hmm. then he would have had time. But I think once he took off running, unless there's a weird time jump, it seemed like as soon as he bolted, here they come. So he had to act quickly, and fortunately, somebody's uh, tanker broke down about a hundred yards from the road. Right, right. But like, that's a long way to go. And then, as you see, right. So the, then, the murder twins 
the murder twins and company uh-huh. are out there and they're looking for them, right? So right. They, naturally they stop at the truck, check the truck, check uh-huh. the road, check the ditch of the road. One of the murder twins is like, oh, well, maybe he's in the most obvious hiding spot. He goes up, gets on the roof. He looks in. Nacho's actually really hiding in the oil. But then uh, everybody gets patient and they're like, yo, we got to go. And they move on. Nacho comes up from the oil. So really, I still contend he should have just kept running and maybe ducked down in the grass because apparently yeah. they were in too much of a hurry to go any farther <laughs> into the field yeah. than the tanker truck. Well, that well, they weren't in a hurry, but the dude that wasn't the murder twin, I had a, I, I used a lot of Google Translate this episode mm-hmm. where he said, uh, I don't know what he said, but it was a farmer. He's like, hey, there's a farmer. Maybe he knows. Mm. Um, that's what he called to the murder twin. Oh. But, so, yeah, that's what it, it translated to like a peasant or a farmer. She's like, hey, there's a farmer. Maybe he saw him. That's ah. what it was. Maybe he saw him. Okay. So that's why they bailed and go check that out. But then when the farmer says he didn't, obviously he didn't see him. Mm-hmm. Then you could, you know, maybe come back. Yeah. But also, I love the trope of like, okay, I'm going to hold my breath. When I don't know if he heard the footsteps and knew when to hold his breath, but like, it's a limited time. Right, yeah. So that murder twin takes a little bit longer to check. You're popping up for air while his face is down there, and now you're a dead man. Well, I guess you might you might figure it out if uh, you're in that situation. Yeah. You know, maybe maybe you get like a like that little extra umph of lung capacity. Yeah, but the world record's eight minutes. Right. So you got eight minutes. I don't even think I have thirty seconds. I, don't, <laughs> I wrote down is it, it was awfully nice of them to park a tanker truck in a field even equipped with a viewing slot. Yeah. Yeah, it was like it was like shot through. Yeah. Yeah, it was it looked like it was like peppered up with a shotgun. Right. And I thought they made eye contact at first. Well, it I it, it's a callback to the the guy outside the hotel mm-hmm, to where yeah. Nacho was tipped off cuz he saw the movement. Mm-hmm. So Nacho had to not move. Right. So even though he's like he may see me but I can't move cuz right. that'll yeah, give it away. So that was pretty good. Yeah, Picture I, details. Uh, I've been meaning to listen to the Insider podcast, but hopefully they explain how they what what he actually submerged himself in. It was it was oil, right? Like for all intents and purposes, well, Nacho dumped himself yeah. in oil. But like the actual oh. stunt, I guess you could call it. Like corn, probably when corn. they filmed it, like was that like molasses, corn, <laughs> corn syrup, corn syrup? You know what I mean? Like I just yeah. like to figure out like what they used um, human blood. Or human blood, maybe cow blood, mm-hmm. as a substitute for the oil. I just That's thought right. that was, it's not that it wasn't well done, you know. I, I, it was right. just, uh, it, to yeah. me, it just seemed just, like Nacho could have kept running, but like, just for like curiosity's sake, curiosity for how they put that scene together, like, what, what did he dunk himself in? Yeah, I, I was also uh, wondering that myself. Yeah. But you know what? Um, if you have a theory, email us. And <laughs> Nacho's resolve was pretty good, right? Because they took off down the road, and he waited all the way to the middle of the night oh, yeah. to get out of there. Just in case they come back. Yeah. Because sometimes they come back again. I'm surprised he didn't pass out from the fumes and such. I, that would have been kind of funny if that's how he goes. Like, that was it? He like just passes was, out in the fumes and dies. And that, that's, the, <laughs> that's the end of that, Nacho. That was, his, that was his death. You know, they kind of addressed it where he was, like, coughing, and he uh-huh. threw up and all that. But um, Maybe he knew he was going to die from that. And maybe. that's why he went through with the whole i've never been i've i've never been in that position where i've been (laughs) no i've never submerged myself in oil yet yet it may happen still got that application pending for double dare yeah exactly pick it (laughs) (laughs) 
Oh, that was that was awesome too. Where somebody called, uh, appreciated your, your uh, double dare physical challenge reference, and mm-hmm. I wanted to respond with like, you know, we interviewed Mark Summers, right? We did interview Mark Summers. <laughs> That's right. Yeah, he, he's a very nice gentleman. <laughs> I was sitting in this very room when that happened, for sure. All right. So next scene, uh, Nacho then makes his way to a uh, mechanic shop, starts scrubbing himself off. That's right. The dude comes out and hands him a hands him a rag. I do love the acting on Nacho when he's like scrubbing himself off and he just keeps like darting his head around, mm-hmm. like right, like looking around. Like that, that uh, Michael Mando did a fantastic job acting in this episode. Oh yeah, I know. I mean, that. Uh, for Swan Song, for Swan Song, like he he really killed it. Like, right, just the little expressions and movements and such like that. Uh-huh. Dude slayed it. Hey, it's like uh, you know, a professional athlete in his contract year. Like you know, your contract's up. You gotta, yeah, you, you really gotta show gotta. the goods off so you can get another gig. <laughs> yeah, just, you, you just got to really put everything into it. I re- I really feel he did. He's a little bit more swole than I remember him looking too. He must be Maybe. getting ready for you know like bigger roles. <laughs> Literally, right? <laughs> he has bigger roles for he his has, bigger roles. He's swole as fuck, man. Yeah, and it, and it was nice for that uh, that mechanic to help him. Yeah, I, I can't I, imagine that mechanic makes a lot of business out there. No, <laughs> he, he actually probably sees more people running from the cartel than actual customers. He's like, oh, here comes another one. Let me get yeah. a rag. Like, yeah, he has like a whole rag, like, like shelf, like, <laughs> like a dispenser ready just for that right. circumstance. <laughs> it was nice of that guy to also to let Nacho use the phone. Yeah, heartbreaking. Free of charge, Armando. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Didn't even take his money. Heartbreaking. Yeah, Nacho called his dad. Yes, he did. They both knew. They both knew. It was never said, but they both knew that. I, I feel like they both knew that was the last time they were going to talk. And they both had already come to peace with it. I think so. Um, well, I think the way not, the way Michael Mando was acting is that he was processing it in the moment, I guess. Or not. Probably knew. Just want to hear his voice one last time. Exactly. I, I feel, And I feel yeah. like the, the dad knew it as soon as he knew it was his son, you know, and like... I feel like he, because right, because he's been well, warning. He, he his, dropped the whole like how many times we've done this thing. So maybe his dad didn't think it was the last time he talked to him, but he just knows that every time they talk, it's going to be this. I don't know. No, I, I, I feel like the dad knew. Like, think so you know what I mean? Like, just had that that feeling, and then like he was just making conversation because he even said, you know, like you should you should go to the police. Yeah. Well, that, that's what it was. That's why I thought he he didn't know it was like a final time because he's saying you can go to the police. I think that was like his last. Right like attempt but like i think he knew you know i think he knew and he was just kind of tossed you know like maybe maybe one last hail mary will get to him you know i think if i had to choose between going to the police or dying i think i'd go to the police personally yeah but but uh but nacho's whole thing is he's trying to save his dad so all like all he thinks is if he that's true because if you went to the police they'd probably go after his dad Exactly right because that's like been I the, forget these things. It's it's right, been I haven't been active in the mob for like thirty years. So. Right. <laughs> remember Hector like tried to recruit his dad uh, against yeah. his will and all that. Right. And his dad, you know, stood right. stood up to him. You know, and like that's kind of been Nacho's thing is like he's so far involved in it, but like his the the um you know the pressure the other way is trying to keep his dad safe because right the the cartel and everybody's on to his dad you know right so he can't he can't fuck anything up because he's like well they'll you know even if i'm dead they'll come get my dad and then you right. know people were like well well how they you know what what does it matter you know how's that going to hurt nacho then like what worth does the dad have if nacho's dead right but uh for the people still living though that sends a message to anybody else who might be a traitor it's like look that motherfucker was dead mm-hmm. but we still killed his goddamn family right like, so don't you that's what they do Fuck that, you know, fuck our shit up. 
what they do. That is what they do. I like that they showed the conversation from from last episode on the other side. That was mm-hmm. kind of nice. Yeah. And uh, and then he left his tip and bailed. He left his tip and bailed. A lot of oily money there. It is. Yeah. American currency. Yeah. Well, you know, it's worth more. The exchange rate is better. <laughs> For now. <laughs> For now. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, uh, this hyperinflation is not really looking too good. Yeah. But I thought that was really well done. I, th- I, th- yeah. I, th- I think they both, I think the, I mean, I can't speak for the actors, but I, I think the gist of it that the audience was supposed to get is that they they both were trying to have. It's one last moment. Yeah, one one last moment, and, the, and I, neither one really wanted to say what was going on, but they both knew, you right, know, it's yeah. like, like people talk about like the last time you see somebody, you know, you just kind of have a feeling where it's like, that's the last time I'll ever see them or right. speak with them and such. Yeah. You know, it's probably a lot like that, you know, and his, and his dad's like, you know, his dad has probably already come to grips with it, right? Because he's like, well, what what more is there to say? Right, yeah. <laughs> you know? Yeah. That's it. Nothing more to say, right? Because his dad knows he's beyond saving. And- Which I can relate to a little inside baseball. I've had a few moments where I knew this was going to be the last time I spoke to somebody, and I tend to clam up. Yeah. I tend to just, just be in that moment mm-hmm. and not, I'm also kind of scared, whatever. But yeah, I tend to clam up in those moments, and it's just kind of. Let's just enjoy this moment here. Yeah. And then see you on the next, see you on the other side. You know, and I think that's when everybody started being like, oh, yeah, this is it. Yeah. I think that's when everybody was watching, putting together. It was like, I yeah, didn't. that's. I didn't. I told no. you I was, I was 100% convinced that he was going to survive at least this episode. I was, uh, see that me, like millions of others, that's, that's, that's when I was like, cause like, remember the whole time I'm like, something big must be happening because we mm-hmm. didn't get the screener. Right, right, and then as soon as as soon as he picked the phone, he started talking to his dad. I'm like, oh, this is the episode where Nacho bites it. Okay, and I I think that uh, yeah, the thing that kept me thinking that he wouldn't is Saul in Breaking Bad saying it wasn't me, it was Nacho or Lalo, and mm-hmm. how far are we from Breaking Bad? I, I think I think the timelines are kind of running together now, right? Yeah, now it you're does seem like to be the opposite side of the story. From which, because like, I'm trying to like, I, I don't. I, we keep getting crap for how in depth we are about these things. But Breaking Bad went six seasons, and it was supposed to be over five years, but they lost a year. So maybe Breaking Bad was supposed to start in 2004, even though it aired in 2008. Yeah. So that's know. why I was thinking there's a jump because this, you know, we established this is 2004. Mm. So I'm like, is there a four-year gap? There's no way Jimmy's going to bring up, or Saul's going to bring up Nacho's name four years later under pressure from the mob, if he knows. Maybe. I, I, we, yeah, I mean, maybe. I, I, I don't know. Maybe that's something. Yeah. I, I'm sure somebody listening to this can do a, a deeper dive on the Or on we'll the, just the wait. Timeline. We'll ride the season out and see. Yeah. Because I, I never took it as, or since the beginning of, well, okay, hold on. Let me rephrase that. All right, because everybody's waiting for the better the the Breaking Bad moment where, um, you know, we Saul's see, like, "It's Nacho. Did Lalo sent you?" And they're like, mm-hmm. "What? No, what the fuck are you talking about?" Right, right. So, like after this episode, I didn't take it as. I I I took it as like Saul might know that they're dead, or think that they're dead. You uh-huh. know what I mean? He's just trying to pass the buck. Yeah, because he could still be like, it wasn't me; it was Nacho trying to pin whatever he did to get in that situation. Oh yeah, and be worried about that. I'm the dead guy. Yeah, and he's like, did Lalo send you? Interesting That's, spin. Because you know what I mean. Like he's yeah. trying to pat, because if he's like Lalo sent you, maybe his next go to would have been like, well, that guy's dead. So like, <laughs> let's make a deal. You know what I mean? Like, right? Like he might be, maybe maybe he knows 
that Lalo's dead, but whoever his captors were in the desert in Breaking Bad didn't know that. You know right. what I mean? Like that's that's how I took it, especially after this episode. It's so crazy we have these main characters from the show just because the writing is so good in Breaking Bad that they create backstories. Right, exactly. And just throw these names out there and now Well the greatest part about this is like you know it's crazy. like a third of the cast is based off that that one line right. from a show that aired ten years prior. Right. Yeah. <laughs> Like, well, at least it opens it up. Yeah, so that that's how I took it is is in okay. Breaking Bad, Saul was just trying to pass it off on the dead guy. Yeah. Okay, well now that can make a lot more sense to me, I guess. Yeah. So they say. So they say. So then yeah, we go to Smash Cut. Mm-hmm. Jimmy making a vision board. He must be practicing the secret. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, I took it as they were storyboarding. He's uh secreting, as I like secreting. To say. Yeah, that was totally story storyboarding. They were just uh, trying to plot the plot the episode, as it were. Right, exactly. Trying to figure out how to get one over on old old Howie Hamlin. Did you see the carrot? Was there a drawing of a? Carrot? I paused it, much like the uh, much like the gambling board from How uh, Cabin in the Woods, mm-hmm. which is like the most paused movie scene mm-hmm. of all time. Uh, I I paused it. Nice reference, thanks, Dave. Yeah, uh, yeah there was a carrot. Ah. And then, so it was like, I think it was the, I wrote this down. So yeah, there was a carrot and then a sticker. I forgot what it said. And then phone call, question mark. Mm-hmm. So I thought that was like the Kim phone call with the Kettleman's thing. Oh, yeah. But then he puts the Namaste sticker between the carrot and the phone call. Ah. So maybe the carrot is yet to come. Maybe. I don't know. Interesting. But yeah, he's moving, moving things around, being kind of fluid with the timeline. Also, there was a there was a small and you kind of touched on him where you said you got to see the phone call from the other side, mm-hmm. like of Nacho calling Mike. Mm-hmm. Again, he's trying to protect his dad because that's that's the implied deal that he makes with Gus when he's talking to Gus directly. Right, is like okay, I get it, I'm fucked, I'm gonna die. Uh-huh. The only way this works for you, right? Is if I'm dead, right. I'm gonna die anyway. I need assurance that my dad isn't gonna die right and then i thought it was interesting but that not that, from gus yeah he had to get that from mike right because he's pissed at mike because mike mike knew what they were trying to do at the right time. so it was basically you owe me mm-hmm. like you did this which really answers man we had this big debate uh with a buddy of mine actually between when we recorded the last show mm-hmm. about for one we we weren't sure about the safe the safe situation yeah uh, and and, and on, a, on a rewatch, I noticed he put his dad's ID in his pocket mm-hmm. and, and Nacho's back in the safe. Right. And I kept telling my friend, I said, yeah. I was like, he, Mike planted the phone number to send them to Nacho. And he's like, why would they do that? And I was like, because they're going to kill Nacho. Right. And he's like, well, why would Mike do that? I was like, Mike is hired to right. do this. We, he was just doing his job. And we had a discussion about that on the podcast. And then you like, always say Mike's a man of principle. Yeah, he's a man. It, like he's a soldier. That's what he's paid to do. Like right. he's going to do the job. That doesn't mean that he has like feelings about anything else. Right. Well, he, but, he, he they give the the sigh mm-hmm. and the begrudging him. He's begrudgingly doing it. So they did display that he. I felt that he knew he was setting yeah Nacho up to die. Right. And didn't like it. And even to. owned up to it because he said right. it wasn't my call. Not my call. Because right. not to try to call out. Not my call. Exactly. Right. Mike, Mike's a soldier. He does what he's told. Right. But it's pretty funny that he and Mike had already interfered with plans to get Nacho's dad before not right before Nacho called. He was like, "You're not going to do that." Yeah. Because Gus was already like, "Get his dad." He's like, right. "No." And it was the first time I think Mike has ever just said no. Like he he always has 
uh, uh, you know, this isn't going to way you want to, or mm-hmm. that's not a good idea. He never just directly says no. Right. And that's the only time I can feel I've heard Mike say no. Well, maybe because it's like that whole, like, uh, like mom mentality, like mm-hmm. Nacho's dad is a civilian. Right. Right. Yeah. Like, that's isn't where that like the whole the line thing about the like these type of, type of shows is they try to keep civilians out of it. Uh-huh. You right. know, but Gus was willing to, to break that code. Right. And get the civilian, and you know, like civilians are supposed to stay out of it. Yeah, that's which is a smart way to go because that's how you get noticed by the police and all yeah, that. Yeah, exactly. Stuff. And like Mike knows that dragging in people not involved. So might have been a dual purpose there, not only just doing right by Nacho, but like also like, hey, we'll all get fucked if you just start killing random shop owners. You got to keep the heat off yourself sometimes. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Um, but back to uh, Kim and uh, Jimmy uh, storyboarding uh, Hamlin's demise. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, I was excited for Huel. Yeah, I know. I, as soon as I was like, oh, Brian would be happy about this. Yeah, yeah. He, I like Huel. He loves like him some guy. Huel. I do. He's a, he's a. Looking a little more svelte this episode, too. Yeah, well, that, that's been, so that's worked out so well, because he was so big in Better Call Saul, mm-hmm. or uh, Breaking Bad, and then he lost all that weight, and then when he appears in Better Call Saul, he's so skinnier, mm. so then it looks like it goes reverse the right, other yeah. way, when really, uh, Huel just got healthier and current day real life right so that actually works out yeah. really really well pretty funny yeah so uh also that scene ended where uh kim gave a big old super smooch to jimmy oh i wrote deep kiss look at that we both noticed they're look at that making out a little bit yeah they're a little bit more affection this season than there was last season i think between the well, two. they're married now so now they have to prove it to themselves and, mm-hmm. and others and and yeah. kim's getting more and more about this whole like uh yeah uh, Saul Goodman thing. Yeah, she's uh, she's really getting into it. Yep, absolutely. And he's getting into her. Yeah, <laughs> nice. <laughs> getting some of that Wexler. So they Wex- go to the- Wexling that ass. <laughs> <laughs> oh. So we we uh smash cut to the courthouse. <laughs> we always say smash cut. None of them are smash cuts. I know, but I think star wipe. Been, there you go, star wipe. Yeah, fade in, fade in, fade in. We got a little crossfade yeah, going on exactly. here. Yeah, I just think the term smash cut is just kind of funny. It is so I love it. It's really just a funny way just to say like the scene changes. The scene changes. Yeah. Yes. So we change scenes. So we change and scene and open courthouse. <laughs> Mid morning, Suzanne. Mid-morning, Suzanne is waiting for an elevator. <laughs> Jimmy and Kim enter from an escalator. <laughs> Jimmy and Kim enter. Only Kim leaves. <laughs> they share an embrace. <coughs> Suzanne, disgusted at Kim and Jim's affection, rolls her eyes. Apparently, Suzanne does not appreciate true love. No, it's that she thinks Kim's wasting her time with a scumbag. I mean, that might be part of it, too. I actually remember the recall on that. I, I like to think that Suzanne's backstory is like she's a Joseph lover. And she just treats anybody who shows outward affection like that. With One of those people. And contempt. Yeah. Yeah. Some people are like that. That's my backstory for Suzanne. Some people just want to watch. I can't wait over. to see her spinoff series. Like, Goddamn Suzanne. <laughs> Goddamn Suzanne. <laughs> Goddamn Suzanne. One woman's quest for love in a in a in a hustle and bustle of the, the law the courthouse environment. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. It's like it's Love like, and Order. It's like <laughs> It's like Allie McBeal. There but you like, go. Allie but like McBeal. said in Albuquerque. Right. See? Allie McBeal in Albuquerque. Shit writes Al itself. McBeal Albuquerque. Yeah. It's, it writes itself. I wish. Okay. Oh, that's right. Yeah. yeah. And just to show yeah. how ethical Suzanne. Kim is, okay. she gives Suzanne, because they're, they're opposing each other in a case, 
and uh, Kim finds a file on her client that would be damaging to her client and hands it to Suzanne. And Suzanne's like, damn, this file is like six years old. We would never would have found that. And Kim's like, uh, first off, I found it during discovery and I'm obligated to hand it to you because it's new information. Uh, but I also like the little zinger where she's like, but don't worry about it because we'll kick your ass on the merits. That's right. On the merits. I don't even know what that means, but kick your ass on the merits. I don't think she said kick your ass, but she said definitely said we'll beat you on the merits. Beat you on the merits. So it's great because like she's basically handing them a bullet for their gun. And it's like, hey, right. it doesn't matter anyway because I got a force field. Like, yeah. <laughs> like, she's just gonna, right? Like, I'm a better good, lawyer than you. I'll win you with the lawyerins. Right, exactly. It's a good, like, right. nice little way to twist a knife. It's a very yeah. good taunt because it's like, right. I'm giving you everything you need, but it still ain't going to help you. Right. Here's all your info. Try to win. And that's why Kim's a badass, you know, good old eth- ethical Kim. Until, is it ethical? Until. Is it ethical? It is, because she was doing right by the law, because she even said she has to give it to him because it was found in discovery. Wait, okay, I was thinking backwards on this, because I was thinking that she was kind of being nice to Suzanne as, like, preemptively gaining a favor or something, or so Suzanne will be nice, and somehow that led to the following I didn't conversation. take it as that. I- no, because I was I was just thinking about that back. Because remember, the only person who loves the law more than Chuck apparently is Kim Wexler, right? Right, and she's being all ethical, and that's why she says, "But it doesn't matter because we'll beat okay. you on the merit." Like this is why I gave it to you. Yeah. So ethical, Kim. But then just seconds later, she's in the office talking to Suzanne, and it's not ethical to Kim because she knows she confronted fucking Lalo to his that's face. That's right. It's not good woman. Right. I'm trying what? to think of Kim's alter ego. Like she's with Saul Goodman, so she's not. She's not a good woman. You might as well just cut that one out of the. No, I'm not cutting <laughs> I'm it out. Take away three points. <laughs> oh come on. Nah, but you know what I mean. Like, yeah. like, but then it's like, boom, other side of the coin. She's she's with right. Suzanne in the office, acting like she doesn't know anything. She's like, right, wow, oh my god, who's this Edward O'Sullivan? Yeah. yeah, Don Eduardo. Yeah, like, what's your point? Pretty much, like, what, right. what do you got? You know. Yeah, what's the, yeah, what does this mean? And she does like the reverse fishing because she's like trying to figure out what they mean. And, right. And uh, I, I was curious how they were going to play that. And I like how uh, Suzanne lays everything out. Uh-huh. And then she throws in there like, well, but I, I don't think Jimmy, Jimmy's a jackass pretty much because we, uh, uh, you know, Jimmy's a jackass, but she believes that he still would try to do what's right. I mean, she's kind of right. Yeah, he wasn't looking to be a mob lawyer. He did just mm-hmm. kind of get wrapped up into it, and you know the mob is using for his services. Yeah, I mean, I guess. Yeah, so thinking about it, I she's guess right she's pretty on that. point. She's only wrong about whether or not Jimmy knew Lala was lying. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, but yeah, and and I wasn't sure how Kim was going to react, but um, she kind of took it to heart and and they and quote unquote found out that Lala was dead. Right. Also noted that Kim corrects Suzanne to, "It's not Jimmy, it's Saul." Yeah. Yeah. Like she doubled down on it. Mm-hmm. It's Saul because now. Suzanne insulted. Right. Well, she insulted Jimmy, but it ain't Jimmy no more. That's true. That's it's true. It's Saul. But yeah, the whole, yeah, so they think Lalo's dead. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, maybe he is. And then we go to the warehouse where Mike gets Nacho from the bottom of a truck bed that he was in by magic. Yes, right. Yeah, they skipped like that whole sequence, which I guess they have obviously had to do for time. I didn't know where they were going with that, so I guess that was a good way to do it. I'm like, okay. It so was, yeah. At first, I was like, oh, they're in the underground bunker. That That's what I built. thought. But then I was like, I don't think they have a loading dock in the underground Yeah, and bunker. I don't remember them like unscrewing the floor and using a suction cup to get the floor up right. so they can get down into the bunker. Right, and I watched that, and they, he had a canteen with a big straw for water. Oh, But I would think okay. like uh, there had to have been like some sort of oxygen system or cooling system in there because... 
It can't be. <laughs> it's called the vent underneath the truck, I guess. I don't know. I guess. I mean, what's a three-hour drive? Yeah, is that all? I don't know how deep. I mean, the dude survived in oil. <laughs> right? I don't know how deep. I'm surprised he didn't get like deep fried, really, because if he was submerged in oil, then he was stuck in a hot box underneath the truck. Just ignites. <laughs> Spontaneous human combustion. Like that's fried, how he died. Fried that's no- how he died. Like Mike opens it up and it's just like a fried nacho. Fried, fried nacho. nachos. Right? Yeah, I was exactly. trying to say that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, That'd be awesome. Okay, like so Daytona like, Beach this, in 2006. Show, yeah, good nacho. How about those beach nachos? Oh man, they deep fry their nachos. They Who does that? The chips. Yeah. <laughs> the um. The thing about <laughs> the um. So, but like, really, I wouldn't put it past them, right? Because like. They're the only people that could pull off, I think, especially with Breaking Bad and now Better Call Saul. They're the only people that could pull off like a seemingly like super cop out death. Yeah. Like that. And everybody be like, oh, that was genius. I never saw that coming. Right. <laughs> never saw that coming. And then, you know, like uh, they'd be like, uh, well, I don't know. We just kind of painted ourselves into a corner, just kind of like yada, mm-hmm. yada, yada over that. But everybody else would be like, wow, that's right. Well, yeah. I mean, like they did everything they could. And then he, he was fried. <laughs> <laughs> fried nachos. Fried nacho. Those Daytona Beach Beach Nachos. Oh man, they deep fry their chips. They deep fry their chips. <laughs> <laughs> I've seen that so many times since. Man, that blew our minds. First time I had deep fried fucking tortilla chips. <laughs> oh fuck! <sighs> All right, so Hamlin Valet. Oh, Hamlin at the valet. Mm-hmm. I think we. Uh, I I had some other notes here. Uh, because oh. because before we go to Hamlin getting his car. Oh, ride, that's right. That's right. Nacho that's has right, his last right. meal. Yeah, his last. And he was eating really rubbery chicken. Okay, I didn't even put that together. The whole the first. Uh, first things first, mm-hmm. with the with the liquor, mm-hmm. and then Mike drinks it, but Nacho's still holding it. I didn't put together the last meal thing. Mm-hmm. I'm still not. Like I said, I didn't think he was gonna. Yeah, because he has like a burger, and there's like a there's yeah. like a slice of chicken, but he like cuts it with a knife. Uh, by the way, the sound design, you should probably listen to that with headphones because that was the most disgusting sounding chicken I've ever. This is the only episode I haven't watched with very, headphones. Like, I always watch with headphones too for very, those reasons. Yeah, it was it was very uh, very rubbery chicken for uh, his last meal, so I feel bad for him because it it, would, it looked like uh, Applebee's quality. <laughs> um, Applebee's quality chicken. Eating good in the neighborhood. Man. Yeah, and then be, and then he acknowledges he's like, so when's the happen? He's like, oh, tomorrow. You're gonna die tomorrow. So yeah. that, that was totally probably. Okay. His last meal. And then the whole way Victor comes in. Yeah. Says I mean, he looks like, too pretty. I didn't really understand that. Why does he have to look more beat up? I, the, I, we I think, saw what he went through. Yeah, but it, it's the, <laughs> he's it's, fucking wrecked. It's to save face, though. It's, it's or for, destroy it, his face. Nice. Thank you. But, like, you know, it makes it more plausible that Gus isn't really involved because it makes it look like Mike and Gus, like, Beat basically, him. basically tracked him down and beat his ass to bring him alive to down a lot. Yeah, I got gotcha. you. But you know I mean, because he, they had to make it look good, right? Because and then it's uh, just funny. It's it's like the story Victor, of right, like because he was like, "I'll do it." Like he, he right. was pretty much volunteered, and Mike's like, "No, I got chill, homie. I got this, yo." And then they had the drink. Yeah. And then uh, they never kind of went to. It's like the story of uh, of a football player you and I played high school football with, who made it to the NFL. Mm-hmm. Went to an open audition for an NFL movie with his brother and they picked his brother his brother looked a little more like an nfl player yeah when the other guy was the actual nfl player right, yeah <laughs> you know it's like this guy went through hell crashed a truck got beat up and blah blah and then they got to beat him up to make him look worse right yeah you know right yeah that's <laughs> so funny it's just gotta look authentic man. optics 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 yes sir they never always tell the tale now we go to Ham- hamlin getting his car valeted yeah there we go 
I really like the uh, the transition on that. Valet gets the car, runs down the stairs, right? Mm-hmm. Runs into Huel. Huel uh-huh. gets the key, take it to the guy. Oh, like the, the way they did the swap and stuff? Yeah, and then he runs back up, and then as he's coming back down the stairs, like every other flight is like a scene for the simultaneous yeah. action within the van. Yeah. But like the pacing of it, doesn't break it like it's like right. it's like the same timing as if they were going down the stairs yeah and then uh and i don't I, I i watched that probably like two times and like i kept rewinding it just because mm. i thought that was like such a seamless way uh-huh. to do that which, which isn't uncommon for this show but right that's I, how they do things but that's one thing that was like really it builds the tension mm-hmm. hurry up I yeah say, you got 45 seconds you know because like most normal shows would have like you know like i don't know if it's because of budgets or just like the way that they would, you know, they'd be like, the guy would be running down the stairs, and then it would just be a cut to the guy in the van for a second, and then, like, cut back to the guy upstairs, cut to the guy in the van. Uh-huh. But, like, you know, the the um, the um scenes from inside, the simultaneous scenes from inside the van were interspliced with every flight right. that, the, that the guy made it down. And he'll have that shit on point. He's like, he got 45 seconds. Right. Well, that's not his first rodeo. <laughs> no, no. Which, and, uh, I'm watching this scene, and I'm, I'm, I'm wondering, because I'm like, you don't just copy those keys. You know, this is a Jaguar. Mm-hmm. Okay, you don't just copy those keys. See, I would, I would be inclined to believe you, but like two weeks ago, I went to Swaparama. Yeah, I don't know if you've been to Swaparama, but it's no. on the Indiana Illinois border. I've driven past here it in many Chicago. Time. Yeah, so at Swaparama, uh, there are multiple, um, multiple booths uh-huh. that people have at this giant ass flea market. Yeah, that say we can replicate key fobs. Really? Yeah cheap like that's their advertisement like key fobs cheap interesting like, it was signs that we can do any vehicle so i i'm assuming that this person that can make the keys just has access to that kind of thing and and well you know, for one there's a black market for everything man for one personal story a friend of mine owns a body shop mm-hmm. uh somebody hopped the fence jumped in one of his cars a client's car and drove it through the gate yeah and he said that model of car you don't need a key you have a computer, you get the right code, you can hack it. Yeah. Which I'm sure Jaguar has something like that. That's mm-hmm. what I'm getting to. And like you can't replicate fobs, and there's all the computer technology. My car, I never actually use the key. If I have mm-hmm. the fob in the vicinity, you push the button, mm-hmm. I drive a Lincoln. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> fancy. But then, when I saw the key, I started fucking laughing. Because there's a computer hanging off the key. So oh, he yeah. did replicate all the computer stuff. He just didn't put it in fob form. Mm-hmm. You know, Elf's back. Right. In Fobborn. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, yeah, it's just this big motherboard mm-hmm. you know, <laughs> or circuit board hanging off the key. Yeah. So I, so I was wrote, like, oh, okay, I stand corrected. Right. I wrote, um, you know, after they put the, you know, the, the valet thinks he loses the key, he, fi- he quote, unquote, finds it under the car. Mm-hmm. And then my next note was, uh, Jimmy gets a key fob the size of a TI-82. Right. <laughs> <laughs> I had one of those. And then he pays Huel, who then questions his motives. Yeah, well, I mean, we're all thinking it. Yeah, like why? he's only saying what we're all thinking, right? And especially with the Hamlin stuff, you know, Saul, it, you know, it's under the pretext of Saul's basically trying to push Hamlin out so the state can get settled, so Saul can get his money. But he's like, hey, you know, this is going to make a lot of people's lives better because they're going to get a bigger payout, not having to go through two big law firms. I guess. I guess that I, makes I think some they're sense. just trying to expedite it. I think because it's drug on for so oh, long. Yeah. So, so if they discredit Hamlin. 
Well, I, th- I thought it was just Because I thought they addressed that if they discredit Hamlin, then the person, because I think the way that class action lawsuits work is there's a class representative mm-hmm. who's like the person that brought the class action lawsuit. Yeah, remember that was the whole, in the first season, Jimmy had to like establish a relationship with her? Right. Try to get her to say yes? Exactly. So if he discredits Hamlin, that might pressure everybody just to get it over with because it's a high profile like class action lawsuit. And now uh, lawyer extraordinaire is apparently like a cokehead. <laughs> right. <laughs> you know what I mean? And so, like, with him getting out of it, they must be, all right, time to settle. It's time to bring it to a close before right. know, things go haywire. Class representative says, fine, fuck it, we're done. Everybody gets paid out, and then uh, Saul is rich. And when they were talking about the car earlier in the episode, remember, they were planning this, how to get Hamlin's car. At first, I was uh-huh. like, are they talking about how to get, like, Jimmy's Cadillac? Because oh, she was giving him shit for the Taurus. Only because of the Namaste. Yeah. I, knew, I knew that was Hamlin's because of the Namaste yeah. uh, sticky note, yeah. post-it note. I saw that. I guess I didn't put that together. But yeah, anyway. Yeah. Anyway, you know, Huel. So yeah, Huel knows what's up. Well, he just, yeah, he sees it how we see it. He's the audience's viewpoint in that Mm. moment. Yeah. Because, yeah, you're like, why? You're making real money. So you don't even need to push that payday because you're already making money more than enough to live off of. Right. And you're going to risk it all for a little bit of. Well, it's just the added benefit of fucking over Howard Hamlin. Yeah, true. Yes, exactly. Which I. Why does Kim hate Howard? Uh, he made her work in a mailroom, right? Didn't he demote well, her? Well, yeah, I guess if it's a mailroom, he put a female in there. But I thought that was acceptable in today's society. <laughs> <laughs> any gender, any time. I like it. I like it. But um, but right, like she because she basically he basically treated her like she wasn't as good yeah, as that's true. That you reticent to promote her and put her plus. On. Plus, he has a pissing contest going on with the man that she loves. Right. And she was sticking up for Jimmy because she saw how Howard treated Jimmy. Yeah, and she's also excited about the prospect of uh, Saul Goodman. Long story short, it's It's personal. personal. So then we see Kim smoking and Jimmy burst in the door. He's he's all excited because Huel came through. That's right. Uh, But then she, she lets Jimmy know that, or as far as they know, Lalo is dead and that Suzanne... Basically wants Kim to convince Jimmy to rat out the mob. Yeah. Or just giving the option, which I thought, I, I thought Kim was going to tell Suzanne to get fucked, but no, no, she I, takes it seriously and says, what do you want to do? She offers it to Jimmy and says, here's, yeah, I, I was actually surprised by that. I was actually surprised by that. Like, yeah. I, I thought they'd be like, he'd be like, well, what should we do? And for a minute there, the way that Kim was going, I thought she would have had like a scam already in place. Like, okay, right. well, this is what you're going to say because then our next move is this. Right. But she kind of left it totally up to, yeah. to him. What do you want to do? You want to be a friend of the cartel? Because she might, she might see in it as like getting, because for all she knows, Lalo is dead, right? Right. So she might see it as getting out before he gets in way too deep. You know, like, yeah, he'd be right. a rat, but like, if Lalo's dead, he might be out from underneath this thing. Right. The rock and I'm glad the rock in the hard place. Exactly. Exactly. But I like that they didn't they didn't resolve it in that scene. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you know, you got ten more episodes to fill this season. Mm-hmm. And then we're back at the trailer where the Nacho's Uber hearse uh, approaches. <laughs> and uh, you know, Gus and Mike with Nacho go over the story that is gonna tell before he gets all dead and shit. Uh, so Los Odios. It's like a rival cartel. That's it's it translates to the hates. Oh, 
the not, hates. I don't, it must be the haters, I guess. But Maybe. The, Google Translate translated it to the hates. The hates. So I will now refer to them as the Haitians. <laughs> <laughs> Ar- 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 Armando from the Haitians. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um. <laughs> so yeah, they give him the story and tell him, run at Victor. Victor will put you down mm-hmm. like a dog. The dog that you are. Right, you know, it's it's like choose your own adventure, but it's like choose your own end of the adventure. <laughs> I was just gonna say I love putting down nachos. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> choose your own end of the adventure. And then Mike, being the soldier, volunteers to be there for insurance, and I I wasn't really sure what his motivations were. I either. my first thought was, so I got distracted by. Uh, <laughs> so here's here, real quick here. So here's kind of the genius of the show. A lot of times, mm-hmm. like we know that Gus, uh, the murder twins, Hector, uh, down a lot, like all those other characters, like make it to Breaking Bad, mm-hmm. right? But I was like. Oh, Mike's gonna kill all them fuckers. <laughs> you know what I mean? But then I'm like, wait a minute, that would be fucking impossible. Right. Right. So I I guess uh So So I thought Nacho was gonna die, but then Mike was gonna fucking like avenge. See, my So yeah, my first thought was when Mike said insurance, um, in case Victor doesn't do it, Mike will off Nacho. Mm-hmm. And then he'll be the one to do it. Almost as like an honorable thing, or like you know, if somebody's gonna kill him, might as well be me. Yeah, kind of a deal. Mm-hmm. Um, because I had it later in my notes, but I'll say it now because I think we're we're getting there. But like now, whatever. Um, or insurance that uh, if they start going after Gus, then he can take out whoever's like the murder twins or somebody. If somebody starts like. Mm-hmm. Well, because he even says there's you know lots of ways it could go south. Right. Exactly. So. But he my was, first thought was, like, Mike will kill Nacho. Yeah. Essentially, that's what he's there is just to make sure that Nacho is dead. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because Mike's a soldier. Right. So if Nacho survives, he fucks up everything he has going on. Exactly. Yep. Right. And then this is where I wrote a note. I said, not going to die because Nacho sees something in the sink. No. I took it as he, well, I mean, I guess, yeah. I mean, we're saying the same thing, but... It's the garbage, it's the glass that Gus broke, cleaned up with his bare hand. That's what that was. put it into the garbage can. Wow. Oh, my God, I missed that. So Nacho was, like, looking in the mirror and he looks yeah. down. And he, he, like, I took it as he saw inside the trash can. Mm-hmm. And he saw himself Yeah. in that trash can. Yeah. Mm-hmm. As in, like, my life is garbage. Exactly. And I'll be put out to the pasture soon. Mm-hmm. And then he gets the idea to grab the shard of glass. Okay, I didn't, yeah, I forgot about the glass that Gus broke. Mm-hmm. Either way. Yeah, I was like, I was like, he's not gonna die. He's gonna escape somehow or something. Blah blah blah. Yep. So then they take the uh, the U-Haul of Doom. I was gonna say the smash cut to the most awkward family road trip in a long time. <laughs> <laughs> Just like my family, right? <laughs> Everybody's sitting in silence, and one of us is about to kill the other one. Mm-hmm. Yep. So <laughs> they they drop Mike off, and then uh, Nacho. So I noted Nacho's look at Mike. This is all leading to me thinking he's gonna fucking get out of this. Because I, I can see that, like set it up, like like they have like an off-screen like plan, or not even just an unspoken like, mm-hmm. uh, you know, it is an unspoken thing of mm-hmm. like I'm gonna die and, and you know it. But then I was thinking like you know okay, I'm gonna make a move. You take out Victor, yeah, or something like that. But instead, it was just quiet acknowledgement that they both knew that this is the end of the line, right? The end of the line. End so, of the line. 
And so they show up for the lamest party ever. Right. Uh, I did like how they just dropped Nacho out of the van. Slightly less, slightly less lame than the party in the first season with those two twins and, uh, and Saul and Tuco. Yes. And takes them out to the desert. Yes. And yeah. you know, threatens <laughs> to break their legs and he talks them down. He's, your life sentence down to six months. Right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I, I really like that, like how they just like let Nacho fall out of the van. Like they didn't help him out of the van. He like right, fell yeah. awkwardly like on his on his side. Putting out of the on van. airs, man. He's a prisoner. Yeah, he's just not there, buddy. Guy. Brother disdain. Uh, Don Alato is looking dapper as fuck, like a game show host. Well, that's what he does. He's a Don. Yeah, that's true. But uh, we suit though. Yeah, very nice. We suit very well. Is that the baby blue one? Yeah, it was baby yeah, blue. Very nice suit. Yep, that's what I wear in the desert. Don Alato goes about the good deaths and bad deaths. And did you notice when he said bad deaths, it was a view from inside the shack out the window, and you can barely see in the foreground a bunch of torture instruments. No. Yeah, because he's like, you know, you're going to die today, but there are good deaths. Oh. And then I think they showed him with the guns or something like that. But then You, he said, you and, and he your said, visual noticing things that I don't. And then he said, but, and there are bad deaths. And yeah. then it's a view from inside that shack that they were near. Oh. And in the foreground, barely lit, you could see a bunch of torture instruments. Because remember, yeah. uh, okay. I, I believe it was either Gus or Mike that said, you know, if the twins get you, or Don Alato wants to make it quick because he thinks that the twins method takes too long. Yeah. So that was foreshadowing that. And then there right. was torture instruments from yeah. inside the inside okay. the, uh, the shack. I kind of missed that. Yeah. So... Nacho, so Nacho decides to, uh, you know, spill the beans, so to speak. And kind of, but I, I noted that the way he does it and the way he hesitates puts a lot of pressure on Gus. Yeah. So then I start turning to Gus, mm-hmm. which is Mike's or Nacho's one of his last little like, digs, turn the knife. Yeah. Like, yeah. I'm going to kind of plant a seed of doubt before I defend the chicken man and belittle him. You're right. Yeah. You know. Yeah. I thought that was pretty cool because then Gus. Okay, so if you're listening to this, me and Dave had about five seconds or five minutes of discussion there. Uh, the the computer stopped recording, but now we're back on now. Yeah. So long story short, right? My my big thing about this scene was like Nacho had the the shard of glass in his hand, uh huh, and it was zip tied behind him, right? And then he started squeezing the glass into his hand, and his hand got all bloody. But then he broke free from the zip tie, and I contend. That it would be impossible to cut the zip tie with a shard of glass. Right. Yeah. And I said because I can't even cut it with a pocket knife half the goddamn time. I got to cut a zip tie, and I doubt a piece of glass would stand up to that. And I said that's kind of a trope because it's literally not the first show I've seen where a random piece of glass gets picked up and used to cut no. the zip tie somebody's handcuffed with. Yeah. Yeah. I think the last thing you heard was me saying that Nacho hesitating put a bunch of pressure on Gus. Yes. And then you planted the seeds of doubt. Yes. Hector, and then Hector's pointing at Gus. Right. Which is awesome. Because he's like, you, you guys are fucking stupid. I'm the, I can't talk, I can't communicate, but I'm the only one that knows what's really going on. Right. Well, then that was another thing. He started banging on the bell. Uh-huh. And nobody was like, hold on, Hector. Right. Like, Hector, is somebody here involved? Like, they seem to pick up on it over the phone, but in person when he's pointing and glaring at yeah. the guy the best he can, banging on the bell, no, nobody thought to be like, Yeah, Hector. they're like, did you not hear Nacho's story? Like, what's that boy? Yeah. What are you trying to tell me? Well, I think they, they knew Timmy what got, he was... Timmy they, got stuck down the well. <laughs> they knew what he was saying, but they're like, did you not hear Nacho's story? Right. You didn't hear Nacho's story? He he's he can talk, so he's obviously telling the truth. Right. <laughs> That's very ableist of them. <laughs> well, you know, everything's an ism. I'm just saying. 
But then uh, episode ends because Nacho speech. Nacho speech. Nacho speech is one of my favorite parts. The big fuck you I to loved everybody. It. I put the I put the sugar pills in your heart meds. Think of me every day. Every day, yeah. Every like day you're sucking down your Jello. Sucking down your Jello. Think and of me. Call the uh, call the Salamancas out for being fucking psychos, essentially. Right. Yep. Called Gus an asshole. He kind of really made the rounds. Yeah, I think he just kind of. I think I guess relieved. And he even glared at Mike in the distance. But yeah. He didn't say anything about Mike. Right, because nope. he talked about Gus. Looked at Gus. Because Mike talk, talked about the Salamancas, dad. and then like glared off in the distance towards Mike. But he can't call Mike out because Mike has to protect his dad. Right, exactly. So, and Mike can't hear what's going on, so yep. Mike's none the wiser. And then you know, but like great breaks, moment. He breaks the the zip tie and uh, stabs, blows his head off. Stabs Don Laudio in the leg. Mm-hmm. Takes him hostage, and then in a surprising twist, goes full Kurt Cobain on everybody. <laughs> He took agency. He took agency of a situation. Well, okay, so that was one thing I wrote down was that during the, the family road trip scene mm. in the van, uh, just before the Corvette with the hot girl passes by. Mm. Nice. Um, I was thinking about the dynamics of going to your death with the guy that's supposed to kill you driving. Like I, I th- That thought crossed my mind while they're in the truck. I'm like, Victor's supposed to kill him. And he's driving him to the scene where they're going to kill him. Mm-hmm. Like, what's going? If that were real, what would be going through people's minds in that moment? You know, like that's yeah. a, that's a weird dynamic. Yeah, you know, that's like the the duality of the human condition. <laughs> <laughs> it'd be it'd be uncomfortable for you sure. Know, very, very, and like as Victor, like you know, he's all cocky and stuff. But like, how would he? It's just yeah, it's a, such a weird dynamic. But then Nacho just blows it all up by taking agency, takes it in his own hands, and his last thing he does is. On his own terms. Yeah, you know, and like even if you even if you put together that Nacho was gonna die, I don't think anybody thought he was gonna take his own life. Right, no. Not at yeah. all. Not at all. Very nice. Very nice twist. And it's like because I thought he was doing it all to escape, but it wasn't. He was doing it all for the nookie. For the nookie. Yeah. Just so he could yeah, so he could do it himself. <laughs> his own nookie. Oh, limp biscuit. He took his own limp biscuit. Right? But like I don't think anybody saw that coming. I did not. If you did, no, leave us a comment. <laughs> if you did, um, smash the like button twice. Overall, yeah, that that was totally worth not getting the screener and the weight and mm-hmm. all that. that and I uh, had to watch it twenty four hours after it aired. Yeah, it's a, uh, it's a, uh, probably about the best way that that character could have gone out. Well, Michael Mando totally did awesome acting job. He do act well. Yeah, he do acting well. Exactly, and he was nice enough to. Do a phone interview with us. Yeah, we chatted with him as well. Too bad we can't do it now because he's dead. Yeah. R.I.P. Big ups. <laughs> Big ups. <laughs> Double M. Yep. M and M, as I like to call him. <laughs> Mr. Doe. All right, so thoughts, Dave? Uh, I already said a lot of them, but, um, yeah, this whole exploration into the human psyche of gangsterism and uh, the underground crime lords of uh, New Mexico. You're really and, sticking uh, with that, huh? <laughs> uh no i like I, I, probably one of my favorite episodes of the series definitely one of my favorite episodes one of the most shocking moments um the second major character that took themselves out mm-hmm. which is interesting uh maybe kim will take herself out too yeah that would be kind of crazy oh my god just like it's like it's like the clinton show everybody just gets suicided that's it but uh <laughs> uh 
What was I going to say? Oh, what's going to be funny is like the jokes that we make, people are going to be like, oh man, those guys are like totally like, I don't know, right wing extremists and all this other stuff. And, and me and Dave really don't care. No. <laughs> That's the best part about it. No, I have a shirt that says radical centrist. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Which is totally what I am. Join me on the fence. That's what a podcast I almost started. Join me on the fence. Join me on the fence. Or join me in the middle. Yep. Because I can make fun of everybody. Stop being absurd. Yeah. <laughs> Just stop being absurd. Twitter's not going anywhere. So, um, what was I saying? There's something about that opening scene. I still think about that because it's 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 present. Is it present day or is it supposed to be like Breaking Bad time? It's obviously the future of what happened. Then they rewound for the episode because this is pretty advanced into the future. The body's gone. There's a flower there. You know, the, I think it's the, in the timeline of Gene. Yeah, that's what I was thinking. Maybe, maybe we'll start every episode this series with something in the timeline of Gene, and then flash back to what happens. Mm-hmm. I also saw a really good point. I wanted to bring this up. That uh, I don't know if it was listener correspondence or something else about the the tequila topper. Mm-hmm. How that meant more to Kim mm-hmm. than it does to Gene, which I found very fascinating. Wow. Which makes you think, yeah, Kim's still around. Well, maybe we can explore that further. It's because, uh, you know, it's Wednesday. Well, now it's Thursday morning at like 1245 in the morning. Yes. And I still have to edit this thing together. Yeah. But long story short, we'll see if we get 604. Yeah. <laughs> if not, we're in trouble or something big is going to happen again. <laughs> yeah. I might have to get AMC Plus just so I can watch this show live right. and we can do this sooner than on Wednesday. All right, well, we're going to get together, and we're going to try to do some listener correspondence next week. We'll get to everybody yeah. I said we get to. Preview with a prior. I don't know if that's going to come back. Nobody's asked for it yet. Yeah. So maybe we just won't do it until somebody asks for it. Right. So if you want to leave a comment, smash yeah. the like button. And uh... <laughs> <laughs> Exactly. And with that, Dave? What did you think of the episode, Brian? I told you. I thought it was like one of my favorite episodes. <laughs> <laughs> All right. It's too late. We'll talk to you guys next call week. Call us idiots. Call us geniuses. Call us whatever. Just call us.